Today on Secular, what's next as the impeachment of Biden's DHS secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas, heads to the Senate. Keeping you informed and engaged, now more than ever, this is Secular. We want to hear from you. Share and post your comments or call 1-800-684-3110. And now your host, Jordan Seculo. All right, I'm making good on that promise after last week's failed vote to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security, for his failure to secure the border last night by a one-vote margin, uh, 214 to 213. The House of Representatives approved a motion uh, to impeach uh, Alejandro Mayorkas on two uh, different account, uh, two different impeachment counts, willful and systematic refusal to comply with the law and breach of public trust. We also know uh, who did not, the Republicans who did not vote uh, to impeach were Ken Buck from Colorado, Tom McClintock of California, Mike Gallagher uh, joined 210. He actually voted uh, no as well. Two Democrats and two Republicans uh, did not vote vote. So what happens next? Well, this is interesting because it's not a presidential impeachment, which has a lot more structure in place about who oversees it, the timeline. For instance, um, the the we know the managers at the House are going to argue the case, but we also know it's not going to happen anytime before February 25th, before the Senate gets some of its other business done. It looks like the Senate pro tem, who is a Democrat, would be the chief justice in that situation. But there's also an ability, Dad, which wasn't really an issue so much because of the Republican majority when we did the first impeachment trial. But when you've got a Democratic, even slim majority, there you can actually do a motion to dismiss on a majority vote. Don't need a supermajority. Right. So they allow in the system, uh, under the rules of the Senate for an impeachment, uh, uh, actually a motion to dismiss like you would file in court where you move before the trial to dismiss the two articles of impeachment, and it's by, as you said, just a majority vote. So if 51 senators say yes, it is, in fact, an impeachment. I'm trying to figure out if it's 50-50, if it was some, that kind of situation, cinema going with the Republicans, let's say, does the vice president, who's the president of the Senate, does she then have the right to be a tiebreaker? I think we're looking at that now. I don't know if we have an answer to that, because obviously there hasn't been an impeachment of a cabinet member in 158 years. But remember what the articles of impeachment are over. And I think that's important for people to understand. But the trial itself would take place in the United States Senate. They do the walking it over like they normally do. But again, a lot, uh, a lot could change in the next two weeks as this thing progresses. That's right. So we will take your calls on this. 1-800-684-3110. That's 1-800-684-3110. Because, again, not a guarantee yet that this will get tried in the Senate. But if it does get tried in the Senate, listen, I think you can count the votes. It's unlikely he will he would be convicted. But what it would give the opportunity that to still, do... That's the two-thirds rule. That would still take yes. two-thirds of the Senate. Not going to happen. But what it would give the opportunity to do for these House managers is present the case to the American people. I think that's who the audience actually becomes about how bad the border is and how bad the Biden administration and Secretary Marcus are failing to protect America at the southern border on a multitude of fronts, whether it's terrorism, fentanyl, uh, the uh, amount of illegal immigrants which are just making cities impossible to run, uh, school districts not running, hospitals overflowing and having to close because they can't keep up with the amount of people coming in, and just the lawlessness surrounding it. So, I mean, there's there's a reason to do it, yeah. but there's no guarantee 
that that trial gets uh, that you get to make that trial when you take an impeachment to a Democrat-controlled Senate. Not now, likely. And remember that the articles of impeachment are based on his failure to enforce the existing border laws uh, amid what is clearly, and everybody's acknowledging, is a crisis of high illegal immigration uh, and allegations that he keeps saying are baseless. Folks, let me tell you what's going on. We are fighting on so many fronts at home and around the world right now. Uh, and these are crucial fights to you and your family. Without our champions, our ACLJ champions, without our monthly donors, we would not be able to engage these fights, exposing what Secretary Mayorkas has failed to do. We just filed a brief at the Supreme Court on behalf of Charlie Kirk and others on big techs trying to silence conservatives. We're engaged in 19 lawsuits against the Biden administration right now, and we continue to win. But we urgently need you to be part of the team. Go to ACLJ.org and become a monthly donor. You become an ACLJ champion. That's ACLJ.org forward slash champions. The challenges facing Americans are substantial. At a time when our values, our freedoms, and our constitutional rights are under attack, it's more important than ever to stand with the American Center for Law and Justice. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines protecting your freedoms, defending your rights in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. And we have an exceptional track record of success. But here's the bottom line. We could not do our work without your support. We remain committed to protecting your religious and constitutional freedoms. That remains our top priority, especially now during these challenging times. The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at ACLJ.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today. ACLJ.org. After nearly 50 years, Roe v. Wade, the tragic ruling that manufactured a so-called right to abortion, has been overturned by the United States Supreme Court. This is the moment the ACLJ has been fighting for. It's the biggest victory we've achieved in our three-decade-long fight against the soulless abortion industry. And believe me, abortionists like Planned Parenthood are devastated. This victory would not have been possible without the steadfast prayer and support of ACLJ members like you. On behalf of the entire ACLJ, I thank you for standing with us against the abortion industry and helping us save defenseless babies. I thank you for making this victory possible. And I ask you for your continued prayer and support as we continue to battle against barbaric new abortion laws across our nation. Back to Sekio, we are going to be taking your phone calls too, as well. But just trying to go through again. Do we have to put? Do we have to put up on the screen yet the articles of impeachment? Yeah. So again, the two articles, Secretary Mayorkas was impeached. So this now moves uh, to the Senate. The House will take those articles over. Uh, we know again the plan for who will present the case. It would be uh, Mark Green, who chairs the Homeland Security Committee, Republican from Tennessee. Mike McCall from Texas. Uh, Clay Higgins from Louisiana. Ben Klein from Virginia, Michael Guest uh, from uh, Mississippi, Andy Biggs from Arizona. Uh, you've got Andrew Gavardino, uh, August Fluger, and Harriet Hagerman, Laura Lee, and Marjorie Taylor Greene. So you got a big group there, uh, again, to present uh, that case. The question now becomes, though, you're, you're taking it to a Democrat Senate. So you're not going to get a conviction. So let, let's be clear. 
the article he's been impeached. Now, all that means is the process has been set up. So the House does the impeachment. The trial of the impeachment goes on in the Senate. I think there's a significant likelihood that uh, the majority leader, um, Chuck Schumer from New York, Senator Schumer, will move if he has the votes for a motion to dismiss before ev- any evidence is presented. It's a motion that, like you would file in a court before you start a trial. And if they get 51, all it takes is a simple majority. And if he gets that, it's over with. And we have been looking at if there were a couple Democrats that, that or one Democrat that switched over and felt like they were too uncomfortable because of the, the state they represent switching. If it's a procedural matter, which that would likely fall under that by a parliamentarian, the vice president can be the tiebreaker vote on, vote on procedural yes. matters. So Kamala Harris could come in and be the 51st vote to take this over the line to for the motion to dismiss. That's not guaranteed yet because they right now uh, we haven't gone through the we don't have all the rules set up for this style of impeachment. It hasn't happened in 150 years. Yeah, so it's different than a presidential impeachment, Very. which is chaired by the presiding officers of the Chief Justice of the United States. There's been four impeachments uh, in our U.S. history of presidents, two on President Trump, two other presidents have been uh, going through impeachment proceedings. But this is different. And I think that the, I think you have to have a reality here of what is likely to happen. So, look, the border crisis is significant. We, ACLJ Action, by the way, our team did a great job of getting, I think, was it 7,200 uh, letters to Capitol Hill uh, urging that this happens. I and mean, the, the problem that you have is Mayorkas goes up there. Remember, he wasn't even acknowledging it was a significant crisis until... <laughs> Until really forced to do it, and when the of course he's taken his lead a lot of it from the administration, so that's a lot of what's going on here. But I think we have to be clear what what's at stake. The House got this through, but Jordan, we got to look at this by a one vote margin. Yeah, I mean it's a one vote margin. That doesn't really matter now because it it moves he's out. Impeached. It right. moves out. out. He's been impeached. Do so you think Mike Johnson did his job by getting it out of the House? Yes, I mean they had they they had a little bit of hiccup last week because of uh, again you had. Uh, the uh, majority leader yeah so he had to he was getting treatment wasn't able to make it back in time and al green was able to come from the hospital to vote so some hijinks there but at the end of the day when the vote was taken even with losing a couple republicans and by the way we're now down because of the race last night in new york that special election that republicans lost by uh, just 10 uh 10 points in that san that former seat held by republican santos uh which will have another election in november yep um uh that means we are down to a two-vote uh, majority two. in the yeah. House of Representatives. Uh, by the way, our team's researched it out. Generally speaking, vice presidents, because they are the president, presiding president of the Senate, can vote in Senate procedural motions if there is a tie. And that a motion to dismiss, I think, would be a deemed a procedural motion. We've got a call coming in on Mayorkas. Let's go ahead and take it. That's line four. Yep. Uh, let, let me go right to the phones. If you want to talk to us on air, 1-800-684-3110. And listen. No questions are wrong on this. This is unprecedented territory because last time we had this happen with a cabinet member, none of us were alive. It was 150 years ago, a very different Congress. Rachel in New York, online four, you're on the air. Yes, good. Hello. I'm just calling you um, with all the mess that's going on at the border and yeah. everything surrounding the impeachment. Why are, why is it going to be killed? I mean, clearly there's a big problem. Why don't they see it as a problem? Well, I don't get that. Because it's a, an impeachment is uniquely a political process. So what happens is the House voted to impeach. That means the person should be removed from office. At least that's what the House is alleging. It's basically like an indictment. 
um, except it's in a political context. Now, it, 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 the important part here is it goes to the to the Senate, and when it goes to the Senate, they actually try the case. And to get a conviction in the Senate, the founding fathers said it would take two thirds of a vote to impeach. That is not like I don't see any way in which that happens. But the reason it was important for the House to do it was to get on record that this border crisis is a crisis and the Homeland Security director who's in charge of all of this is not taking the necessary steps to protect the country. And that's the it's malfeasance as a form of high crime or misdemeanor. But as Gerald Ford said, high crime and misdemeanors, whatever the majority of Congress says it is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very much up to up to Congress. I think the bigger issue now that's at play with the Senate is are there enough senators in uh, Democrat senators in red states that are just under too much pressure to vote yes on a motion to dismiss? I would imagine if that vote will even be close, Chuck Schumer would take the risk of trying to get the motion to dismiss to see if he could get it to you know 50-50 to bring in the vice president. Be- uh, no because doubt. again, there's a really only a couple of those senators left. Um, it's it's not impeaching the president or removing the president here. And uh, they would argue this is, you know, the American people don't want us wasting our time on this. They want us to do it, you know, on legislation. So you could see again how we're looking at probably, you know, end of this month towards so February 25th, sometime after that, the articles will be delivered. And we will then, then this kind of process begins on whether or not we're going to actually get a full full scale trial in the U.S. Senate. I wouldn't be so spending so much time on the on the motion to dismiss, except for I think in this one, it is uh, very relevant. Uh, and, and just again, because of the, the slim majorities. You want to play that sound? Uh, yeah, for over the weekend uh, on NBC's Meet the Press uh, when Mayorkas joined uh, Kristen Welker. Take a listen. Do you bear responsibility for what is happening at the border, what the president himself has called a crisis? It certainly is a crisis, and well, we don't bear responsibility for a broken system, and we're doing a tremendous amount within that broken system. But fundamentally, fundamentally, Congress is the only one who can fix it. Mm. Well, I mean, fundamentally, the president has executive authority through executive orders, which this president, no president, failed to utilize. He could have also not reverse some of the Trump policies right. that would have prevented these massive he surges. He did on day one. That was part of what he went in on. So Mayorkas answer there's not technically even legally correct. Um, but anyways, that's so that's where it is. Let's go. We got more. We, people are calling in on this and other topics. 800-684-3110. Yeah. Dan in Minnesota online six. Hey, Dan. Hello, guys. God bless you. Thanks for what you do. Obviously, all of us commenters here in America know that Mayorkas is breaking the law. According to Margie Taylor Green, there are six pages of, of laws that he's broken. He's releasing these people into the country and, you know, uh, beyond cutting the wire in Texas, you know, wanting to cut the wire and letting people flood in. You know, it's, it's absolutely a joke. We have to have this vote because we need to identify these cowards and spineless politicians who aren't defending a, this country. And can we impeach, a question for you, can we impeach some of these congressmen who refuse to stand up for the, Amer- for the America that we know and love? No, no they're elected representatives, so yeah. that's not a, that would not be a ground for impeachment. Yeah, I mean, so they'll have to answer to their constituents, which they do every some other year. Some not to run again. Yeah, I mean, so Ken Buck, uh, congressman from Colorado, Republican, uh, voted no. Tom McClintock from California voted no. And right, uh, uh, Mike Gallagher, uh, as well, uh, joined those 210 Democrats in casting nay votes. There were two Democrats, two Republican members who didn't vote. Sometimes that's for personal reasons, and they just can't get their health reasons. Uh, so I'm, I'm not going to cast uh, any blame on those two 
or those four uh, at this time. But but they were very clear about that. Um, they were always no votes. Uh, they I think I believe they were no votes last week as well. So uh, not a surprise. Their constituents will know that. And if they get challenged in a primary, certainly the primary uh, candidates will let that be known. But they think they're making the right decision for their constituents. No, that, yeah, and the fact of the matter is, look, he, we just need to deal with the status as it is. Mayorkas has been impeached. He's not going to be convicted in the United States Senate. I don't think anybody has an expectation of that. I think it's more likely than not. A mo- I don't even know if there'll be a trial in the United States Senate. I think there's a 50-50 chance, at least maybe more likely than not, 60-40, that, in fact, what you end up with is a motion to dismiss that they, they vote, which is a simple majority, and the vice president can break it if there's a tie So uh, because she is then the president of the Senate. So I'm just... We're just giving you the facts as they exist. But Mike Johnson did his job, the Speaker of the House, by moving it out of the United States Senate with articles of impeachment. Folks, you know, all of these issues that we talk about, um, we're front and center on at the ACLJ, whether it's international issues, whether it's domestic issues, like we're talking about the ACLJ action, delivered, I think, 7,200 letters on the Mayorka situation. The border is a mess. Without our champions, our monthly donors, none of this would be possible. So I want to thank those of you that are already signed up to be a monthly donor, supporter of the ACLJ. You're a champion for life, a champion for liberty, and a champion for freedom. Also, uh, at times it can be hard to give, but there are other ways which you can help us. We've got a petition up at aclj.org dealing with some of these big tech issues, silencing conservatives. We're just a few thousand short of hitting our goal of 50,000. You can go to aclj.org, look up the petitions. You can find it there. We're going to talk about the case later in the broadcast. Uh, We've engaged in 19 lawsuits against the Biden administration for their policies. We encourage you to go to aclj.org forward slash champions. That's right. And we also had 7,000 plus of you sign letters to members of the House to support the Mayorkas impeachment through acljaction.org. And I want to thank all of you who took that time to do that, to take those actions. After nearly 50 years, Roe v. Wade, the tragic ruling that manufactured a so-called right to abortion, has been overturned by the United States Supreme Court. This is the moment the ACLJ has been fighting for. It's the biggest victory we've achieved in our three-decade-long fight against the soulless abortion industry. And believe me, abortionists like Planned Parenthood are devastated. This victory would not have been possible without the steadfast prayer and support of ACLJ members like you. On behalf of the entire ACLJ, I thank you for standing with us against the abortion industry and helping us save defenseless babies. I thank you for making this victory possible. And I ask you for your continued prayer and support as we continue to battle against barbaric new abortion laws across our nation. The challenges facing Americans are substantial. At a time when our values, our freedoms, and our constitutional rights are under attack, it's more important than ever to stand with the American Center for Law and Justice. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines, protecting your freedoms, defending your rights in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. And we have an exceptional track record of success. But here's the bottom line. We could not do our work without your support. We remain committed to protecting your religious and constitutional freedoms. That remains our top priority, especially now during these challenging times. The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, 
Well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at aclj.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today. aclj.org. Back to Secchio. We'll continue to take your calls too on on the uh, impeachment as well. Uh, but we want to get to some other issues as well throughout uh, the program. Um, one of those, of course, is uh, some judicial nominees yeah. that the president is making. And uh, again, you know, we don't just pay attention to the Supreme Court nominees. We pay attention to uh, those circuit court nominees, district court nominees. And there's a Third Circuit uh, nominee that is getting a lot of negative attention right now, rightfully so, because of their associations with. Um, not just anti-Israel organizations, but uh, uh, almost terrorist-supporting organizations at at, well, at universities like Rutgers, who set up uh, places for convicted terrorists who have now been deported from the United States after being convicted of terrorism uh, to come and speak. More than speak. Rutgers Law School's Center for Security, Race, and Rights, which is obviously their anti-Israel research office, has also platformed a convicted terrorist um for a fundraiser, has become, uh, obviously, the nominee, uh, a deal. Manji has uh, a little baggage going into this. Jeff Balaban's joining us. Jeff, you were in Washington yesterday talking to members of the staff of the Judiciary Committee. W- what's the sense of what we've got here? This is a, a radical appointment to the Third Circuit Court of Appeals. These are the courts right under the Supreme Court. Yeah, this is uh, this is a disastrous appointment. I mean, there's the, the normalization and the elevation of people who hold tremendously radical views and not just anti-Semitic views. These are truly anti-American views. These are supporting groups like Hamas, which are foreign terrorist organizations that are that are terrorists against America and American interests, kill Americans. Uh, and he supported financially a center. And by the way, Jay, we obviously at ACLJ have, have some experience with Rutgers itself. Rutgers has a, a systemic problem with anti-Semitism and support for jihadism. And so the fact that they're now trying to mainstream this and they're calling the Democrats are calling this an historic appointment. Well, it is historic, but in a terrible way. Imagine someone like that having life and death power making decisions at the federal court level. It's it's actually terrifying. Well, aiding and abetting the enemy, which is Hamas, you would think would be a disqualifier to be, Andy, a judge on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit, let alone any place else. Let alone any place else is right. District Court, uh, Circuit Court of Appeals, or Supreme Court. And yet, uh, the president has nominated this person who was with a big uh, law firm, yeah. Patterson Belknap, uh, before he got into the judicial business. Uh, he's a Muslim-American litigator, but what's, that doesn't bother me as much as the fact that he's an anti-Semite. And he's anti-Israel, and we need to admit that, and we need to but say that. But he's also platforming, giving the, he's supporting groups that are platforming at Rutgers University convicted terrorists that were deported from the United States for terrorism activities. That's the problem and here. This is a person you're going to put on the Court of Appeals, which is one step below the Supreme Court of the United States. So, Jeff, my, my question is, what, did the Biden administration think this was just going to sail through? Well, it could be worse than that. They could have thought it was going to sail through. Look, there's been a lot of talk lately about how they're trying to appeal to the part of their base that is anti-Semitic and is anti-Israel. The part of their base that's frustrated by whatever support Biden has shown for Israel, even though that support comes with a lot of arm twisting. And as we see increasing pressure more and more and now more hostile talk against Israel, most of which, if not all of which, is completely undeserved. And uh, and these attacks on Israel seem to be for domestic purposes. It could well be that this was seen as a win to get somebody with these kinds of radical views by the left appointed to to the Third Circuit. But it is very frightening. 
Go ahead, Jordan. They've also, I mean, this individual wasn't just involved, but donated money to the organization, $6,500. We talked about it, kind of how they platformed that University of South Florida professor who was known at the time. This was a big news story. It was Sammy Alarian at University of South Florida who pled guilty in 2006 to aiding uh, Palestinian Islamic Jihad. Ultimately, he was uh, under house arrest for a short period of time in New Jersey and deported uh, to Turkey under some kind of a diplomatic deal. But this was a professor at a U.S. school tied to the same organization that was, again, getting propped up by these organizations. So what we're trying to say is that these individuals, when they are going for seats on the judiciary at time, uh, when you look at their background and you look at who they've been associated with, and they're supposed to be this, you know, the system where they can judge and rule without politics, without that coming into play. And they've been involved with these very extremist groups. If you were a, a Jewish American who came before that judge, would you already feel like you were, you were, um, you were, you were like fighting from the, uh, you know, the, the toughest, yeah, already fighting from behind, even if you brought the case, so it's well, had a stronger case. Well, it, you've got that which is a factor of how, how it looks at, you know, just supposed to be blind. But you also got to realize that the courts of appeals are the breeding ground for Supreme Court nominees. That's right, Jay. It's the, first, it's the step right below the Supreme Court. What, was, what I found interesting is that this center at Rutgers University, to which this uh, Judge Manji, or soon, or perhaps not Judge Manji, Manji uh, contributed $6,500 to, as Jordan said, hosted an event last December called, listen to the title of this, The West Israel and Settler Colonization of Palestine. Yeah. I guess there's some bias. So here's the question, Jeff. Radical appointment, no question. Here's the question. You met with judiciary staff. What do they think is going to happen in the Senate? Uh, they're fighting hard uh, on on the Republican side against this. Uh, did not yet. It's it's a tough fight. It's it's still a fight. They did not seem uh, to feel that this was going to go the right way unless there's a lot more pressure put on. See, the problem is that the, that the left and the Democrats now are saying if you oppose this nomination, it's because you're an Islamophobe. It's Islamophobia. And what's deeply troubling is why aren't there any responsible Muslim American groups decrying this guy for supporting terror? This is the problem. It's not that he's a Muslim. The problem is that he supports terror. Where are the groups saying we are Muslim Americans? We are against these terrorists and those who support terror. And so until that exists, there is an imbalance in the political pressure. And it's very frightening. We've got a caller coming in. Let's go ahead and take it. uh, Bill from Wyoming on line five. Hey, Bill, welcome to Secular. You're on the air. Okay, thanks for taking uh, being interested, my concern. Is there any way to stop this person from getting on? I mean, let's face it, this is really radical yeah. uh, to get somebody like that. To- so the way to stop him is you're going to have to stop him, Jeff, at the Judiciary Committee, and that's who you met with. And, you're, and, and Bill, this is the problem. It seems like we've got a real uphill battle, right? Do we have Republicans that are supporting him? Uh, I didn't hear that there were Republicans that are supporting him. I heard that there are Republicans who are getting some internal pressure from their states. But uh, but we didn't get into a, a nose count yet. We're going to have further conversations. Well, to, when is this, to when is this due to come up? Uh, I don't actually know that we have a date. OK, yeah, this one has kind of been slowed because of the issue. That's been the issue is that there, well, there's been a lot of back would be never. That well, would I, be I'm a good sure date. That that's what the administration is looking at, too. And Democrats are looking at, too. They don't want to have a loss on this. So if they don't think they have the votes, they're not going to likely put it forward. Uh, the question is, though, if he gets out of committee, that's uh, going to be tough. It's tough to beat on Jeff, the floor. Jeff, it sounds like to me we've got to win this in committee. I agree. And the fact that we don't have a date yet does suggest that there's the pushback 
uh, is beginning to work and there needs to be much more pushback and we need to be more active as we are and others need to be active in pushing back against this and not to be afraid of being derided as Islamophobes. It's nonsense. This has nothing to do with his religion. What about ACLJ action on this? Yeah, I mean, ACLJ action, I think what we can do is then put together a much more uh, targeted campaign to those senators who are on that Judiciary Committee, Democrats as well, to make sure uh, they can't vote without knowing that their, their staff and their teams received all of this information that we're talking about in, and in more detail even about this nominee. So we could certainly uh, get them on that. Okay, very good. All right, fine. Thanks, Jeff. Folks, again, support the work of the American Center for Law and Justice. Become an ACLJ champion uh, when you support with your monthly gift. You become a champion for life, liberty, and freedom. You go to aclj.org forward slash champions, whether it's issues in the United States, globally, you're part of the backbone of the American Center for Law and Justice. Go to aclj.org forward slash champions and become a supporter of the aclj coming up how about this cia spying on 26 members of the trump team during the 2016 election we got a lot to talk about on that one for decades now the aclj has been on the front lines protecting your freedoms defending your rights in courts in congress and in the public arena The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at aclj.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today. aclj.org. 